I've just about had enough of you. I think you'll be able to respect a husband who's probably pulled the scientific boner of all time. In my case, sir, the question is totally without meaning. Irony, one of the funniest forms of humor. I have made a woman. The tinsmith forgot to give me a heart. Think all is never wrong. Never wrong. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to 50 Years of Shit Robots, uh, with me, Matt, and Stephen Murray. Hello. Mine's a little bit more subdued than yours. Hello. Hello. So, so we have assembled again around our microphone, around our pod microphones, because in the last instalment of this award-winning podcast, we were talking about a Japanese manga TV series from the 1960s called Tetsuchin 28 Go. Yes. Uh, and also it's American sort of um, when it was retooled for America, which is called Gigantor. And you, Stephen Murray, were talking an awful lot about how it started something. It was the first big robot on TV. Yes, it was. It was the first, it was the first anime robot that would, would, begin this this huge behemoth of giant robots. We did have Mogira before that, which was a giant robot in the film The Mysterians. Uh, but th- this robot started this trend for giant robots, which would eventually go on to be giant robots that were piloted by people. Then there would be independent robots, still gigantic, uh, fighting wars and and being independent. And it still carries on to this day yes. with films like Pacific Rim and Transformers. So we thought we'd have a look at the tran- the first Transformers film. You talked to, you, you talked about it in the last podcast. It feels like it's the sort of modern-ish day grandchild of Tetsuchin Twenty Eight Go. Yeah. So it is. If you if you do any kind of searching, it will they will always take you back to Tetsuchin Twenty Eight Go as yes. the, the progenitor. A progenitor, which could be a good name for a transformer. Progenitor. <laughs> now, I've got a slightly soft spot for the transformers um, because they were sort of toys when I was when I was a little lad uh, in in South Wales in the nineteen eighties. They were um, a, a cartoon series and also toys, and I don't really remember which came first. Um, they probably were about around at about the same time, but they had a very memorable advert, which had a little jingle that went, "Transformers, more than meets the eye." Transformers, <laughs> robots in disguise. <laughs> That's it. So, and I can remember I've got very vivid memory of going to Toys R Us with my mum, having some money I could spend, and I wanted to get a transformer. And she, as she has done her whole life, really, can't understand why you would want something like that when there are sort of there are there are knockoff versions that are much cheaper. So I remember going into the Toys R Us in a, probably about 1985, wanting a Transformer toy, and coming out with a sort of like a roboty thing that did transform into something, but it wasn't a Transformer. 
I remember being slightly disappointed by that. Whole well, experience. if you do a search for Adam Savage and Transformer, um, he has one of those new ones that costs hundreds and hundreds of pounds that does actually transform from uh, a truck into a robot. You, like you don't do it yourself. It You just push a button no, and it does you it. You push a button and it does it. I mean, what's the, where's the fun in that? And that's like having Lego, that like pre-built Lego or something, isn't it? It's only a matter of time. <laughs> Lego, if you're listening, that's my idea. You can't have it. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, Transformers Robots in Disguise was one of the spin-off series in the 1980s. So that that, that wasn't just a, a part of the song. It was, it was the name of the animation series. Right. And it, was that Japanese or was that American? So Transformers is a media franchise. It's part American and part Japanese. The American side is run by Hasbro and the Japanese side is Takara Tomy. Okay, But good. this is not the first franchise to do this in the robot world. Creating toys for giant robots in anime uh, goes back at least another 10 years in Japan. Can we untangle, like, in terms of Transformers then, did the toys come first? Did the cartoon come first? No, generally the manga comes first, then the anime, and then the toys. Anime in Japan just means just means all animation. Fine. So Tom and, and Jerry. But what is we anime. do, yeah, Tom and Jerry to the Japanese is anime. But what yeah, okay. we do is we the, the genre of anime generally is Japanese. Can you tell which came first, the uh, animation or the toys? Right, in 1984, the Transformers toy line was introduced, and that was a year before the animated series premiered in 1985. So toys came first, but they must have known that they were going to do an animation as well, if it only was a year later, mustn't they? Yeah, but like I said before, by then there was um, a great deal of these animated giant robot series. There was a lot of anime around, but it was the giant robot series that easily transferred over to toys. Right. So the sort of the mobile suit Gundam and uh, Mazinga Z, they already had toy lines. And were they also animes as well? Yes, they were animes. Yeah. So it sort of is just part of this huge, bubbling Japanese-American stew of giant robot things, like TV shows or toys. So it would have just it's just sort of like a production line almost, isn't it? Yeah. But the toys made more money. I bet they did. But I'm assuming that the animation then is essentially just a sort of a marketing tool to get kids to buy the toys. Yeah, yeah. Huge, big adverts. To get tiny, handsome little chaps in South Wales to pop into Toys R Us with their money so that their mum won't buy them a Transformer. It's because your mum knew you were a victim. She did. She did. She saw all the signs. The evil Decepticons have come to destroy Earth. Ramjet, Dirge, Thrust, an evil force. Hooray, Autobots! Decepticons, transform! Warrior robots in disguise from Hasbro. So we are focusing our energy on this in this podcast on the Transformers film from 2007, which was the first Transformers film. I mean, it's it's pushing, what is it, 15 years old, 16 years old? Yeah, yeah. Now? Yeah. So it's an old film, this, isn't it? Oh, wow. <laughs> to you. <laughs> to me. No, but it sort of is. Time is meaningless to me. <laughs> well, I still think that the first Blade Runner film is new. <laughs> yes. Yes, you oh. do, don't you? I do. Probably the reason why 
we have still got incarnations of the Transformers franchise is because on a, a budget of between 150 to 200 million, it made 709 million dollars back, which is a flip of a lot of money, isn't it? Oh, it's a thumbs up from the executives. Yeah, and presumably again, that then also then just starts a frenzy for buying toys again, doesn't it? Yeah, completely. So I'd never seen this film before. Had you seen it before? Yeah, I had actually. I remembered the end by the time I got to it. Right. (laughs) I was sort of pleasantly surprised, but also like it's, it's absolutely full on. Oh, from beginning to end, it's yeah. relentless. Even the comedy is kind of relentless. Yeah, it is, isn't it? And I mean, also, Spielberg is an executive producer in this, and you can see with this, the, a lot of the domestic scenes, it's very Spielbergian. They talk over each other. I really did enjoy those scenes. The mother, I thought, was hysterical. I can't do it anymore. You're putting girl jewelry on a boy dog. He's got enough self esteem issues as a chihuahua. Mom. That's his bling. I want you home at 11 o'clock. Please, for the love of God, drive safely. Wow. You are so cheap. That's his first car. Supposed to be like that. The plot of the film is essentially there are two two sort of lots of robots from space. Uh, There's the good robots, who are the Autobots, led by my name is optimus prime we are autonomous robotic organisms from the planet cybertron but you can call us autobots for short and there are the villainous decepticons they're led by a robot called megatron Megatron. and there's something about a cube and that's sort of it really they're fighting about a cube and the cube's on Earth, and so they've come to Earth to fight for it. And the fight sort of like, there's a sort Everything. of build-up to the fight, and then there's the fight. <laughs> there's sort of a lot it. of cars get destroyed. There's, yes. a lot of, there's a lot of real estate gets demolished. Yeah. And in case you didn't know by now, if you've never seen Transformers and are completely oblivious to the Transformers franchise, then the robots uh, have the ability to sort of turn into... Uh, everyday vehicles but it feels like it, the rule is that they see it they see they, they they sort of come down to earth as robots they see a vehicle and then they are that is their vehicle for like for, mm. for all time they can't they change that's right yeah so optimus prime who's the the leader of the autobots um is a massive great big truck well it's um, the front end of the truck yeah and there is um, a character called Bumblebee who is a, a like a Trans Am sort of, you know, muscle car. And, you know, so it's all that sort of stuff. So I, mean, I suppose it's ticking a lot of boxes for a lot of different types of of viewer, isn't it? Well, for boys. <laughs> for boys, yeah. Because you can be into cars and stuff and you can get a kick out of this. You can be into war and get a kick out of it. You can be into the robots. The FBI. Get a kick out of it. Get Yeah. <laughs> dodgy police get a kick out of it so just going through some highlights of the cast it's like every single second i'd be saying to myself john voigt's in it he is or i mean when john turturro turned up i, mean, I thought that was amazing i do love him oh i, I loved his character i really yeah. did enjoy his character 
Yeah. Bernie Mac, I thought, was very good in it as the um, the car salesman. Yeah. <laughs> right at the beginning. Considering who this film is aimed at, I thought uh, it was a bit salty, that scene. <laughs> it, was, it was a little bit salty. Just a little bit. I'm going to have well, my son here looking to buy his first car. Did you come to see me? I had to. That practically makes us family. Uncle Bobby B, baby. Uncle yeah. Bobby B. I thought it's funny as well that like it starts off in Qatar. So we, we sort of like... We 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 join the action sort of at the beginning of the war, I suppose, on Earth between these two rival robot factions, uh, and it starts off in Qatar, which is that it's like the, the land where the humans are going to fight back. But I did think to myself, yes, yeah, so long as they're not gay or a woman, because otherwise they'll be in prison. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was a bit political, that wasn't it? It was a little bit. <laughs> I thought as well it was quite funny. Yeah, the film. I thought the, think, I thought the humour was on point. Yeah, I thought so. There was a lovely bit where, <laughs> I can't remember if it's a robot, but somebody kind of transfers some data onto a two gigabytes memory card. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, how oh, that must have seemed like so sort of like, God, two gigabytes in 2007. I thought um, Megan Fox was perfectly cast. Yeah, she was, wasn't she? Yeah. She looked adult enough and also young enough and she looked like she can kick ass. How old do you think she's supposed to be? I suppose they're well, at the, high school, aren't they? They're at high school, yeah. I sort of didn't register that at all. I just thought, oh, she's about 35. <laughs> 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 of course, she's probably playing like a 17-year-old. Whoa, nice headers. You've got a high-rise double-pump carburetor. That's, that's pretty impressive, Sam. Double-pump? It squirts the fuel in so you can go faster. Oh. Yeah, I thought uh, she was very good. She was not there just to screaming to be a wimp. She she knew about her cars from her father, who was yeah. a felon. And uh yeah, and I thought she went she was there with the ride all the way along. She never weakened. She wasn't pathetic. It was great. In fact, Shia LaBeouf was more pathetic than her. Yeah, but I suppose that was his character, wasn't he? Yeah. And again, I thought he did I thought he played him well. He did played yeah. that character well. I believed that he was sort of like, he was just sort of like, oh my God, what's going on at all times, really, wasn't he? He was a bit leery, but... Yes, he was. He was, yeah. And most of his script was taken up with the word no. No, no. No, 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 no. no. There were lots of little lines that that sort of like made me, sort of jumped out at me. Um, And I suppose it sort of, sort of interesting to see what is essentially like an American worldview, isn't it? From sort of caught in time in 2007. The, um, there's a bit of um, backstory that Optimus Prime gives when he's talking to Shia LaBeouf and he's explaining where they've come from. And he, and he says, our world was once a powerful empire, peaceful and just. And I thought to myself, can an empire ever be peaceful no. and just? <laughs> It's in the name, isn't it? <laughs> it is, isn't it? So it, that was interesting because I suppose you could, there might be a story where the Decepticons are not the baddies, but they're just sort of like freedom fighters fighting against a sort of totalitarian, peaceful and just empire. And squashing humans. And squashing humans, <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. He, fl- yeah. he, f- he flicked a human at one point. Yes. 
I know. There's a lot of, well, I suppose it's cartoon-esque violence, isn't it? No, not at all. It didn't no. look cartoon-esque, no. Don't you think I know that, what you mean. Like sort of exactly. no consequences almost. Yeah. You know, rolling a car a million times and sort of like, you know, getting out of it and dusting themselves off and running Survive, away. Surviving a nuclear explosion inside a fridge. Yeah. Yes, exactly. But I think that's quite interesting in that you, how do you do that? The more realistic the violent violence becomes mm. as it's staged, how do you, how do you get away with that um, willing suspension of belief that people are getting killed? I, I think that's an age thing because I sat there and I was almost sort of calculating the body count. Yeah. In mourning for some of these yeah. minor. Yeah, characters. exactly. And I think the, when you're young, you just want to see spectacle. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple of things I thought that sort of about that that sort of leapt to mind. And one of them was one of my favourite jokes in the Austin Powers films, which is I think it might be Will Ferrell um, plays the character who's like a sort of like a henchman of um, Dr. Evil. And Dr. Evil does that thing where they're all sitting around a meeting, you know, a table in a meeting room, pushes a button and somebody falls back into like a burning pit and in all of the James Bond films, that's the end of the character. But in the Austin Powers, you just hear off camera, just these sort of like, uh, hello, can somebody help me? <laughs> I'm still alive. I am very badly burned. <laughs> Love it. Let this be a reminder to you all that this organization will not tolerate failure. Gentlemen. Let's get down to business. Hello, sir. Anyone? Can someone call an ambulance? I'm in quite a lot of pain. You sort of get that sort of realistic sense of violence in films that is just sort of absent for most action films, isn't it? Looking back to something like The Monster and the Ape, uh, which was a serial that we looked at from the 1940s, I think, where there was just an awful lot of pummeling went on. Yes. I think, I think I remember you saying that it was because the director had been a Western director. He directed Western, so there was yeah. an awful lot of fights, but nobody was ever injured at no, all. Yeah, no consequences at no, all. There weren't even any torn clothes. They may have lost a hat. <laughs> That's how you knew it was serious. Another aspect of these kind of big action films is the hardware that they use. Now, in Hollywood... Uh, the armed forces will lend uh, Hollywood their gear, their vehicles, uh, their aeroplanes, but you have to show the armed forces in a good light. They have script say, and the same with the police. If you're going to display the police or the armed forces in any kind of negative way, then they won't have anything to do with helping out. Now, in films like Top Gun and maybe even in this one, it's a gigantic part of the budget. Mm. And so that's, that's, that heavy part of the budget is lifted by the armed forces giving their help. There's a really good podcast called Conspiracy Theories, and they look into that. So it just literally comes over as propaganda. Okay, good. I mean, not good, but good. No. But not good. But good. Um, <laughs> one of the other sort of striking themes, I thought, and again, it's probably because... I mean, you've basically like strapped me to the internet for the last nine months. And like in that sort of uh, clockwork orange sense, you've opened my <laughs> eye, my eyelids with claws. 
and have made me watch like hundreds of robot films. And so you start, I think when you do that, you start to see connections that probably aren't there. But I thought to myself that the, the basic plot of this film is that you've got the Autobots, the good guys, trying to stop the, the Decepticons, the bad guys, from getting their hands on the ultimate weapon. I thought yeah. that's essentially the plot of Oppenheimer, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. Except that the the Autobots, in this case, are are prepared to destroy the weapon rather than own the weapon. Yeah. Now, the weapon is this giant cube thing that can reduce itself down to a manageable-sized cube thing, yeah. but it has the power to turn any piece of equipment into a transformer. <laughs> any that piece of equipment. So ludicrous. <laughs> <laughs> And I thought it was quite interesting that because the, they turn uh, they turn a phone into it's a Nokia phone into a into a little spiky transformer, but very angry spiky transformer. But it's quite interesting that the year before two thousand and six, that's when the iPhone came out. Well, Nokia were all over films in the early two thousand, late nineties, yeah. early two thousand. I can Matrix. remember Matrix, yes. Uh, and one of the Mission Impossible films, which had the flip phone, you know, the, the flip, yeah. flip phones. The slidey um, up one. The slidey up one, yeah. So Nokia were doing great guns, and then old blooming Jobs pops up, shoves his oar in, and everyone wants a blooming iPhone, don't they? What did you think of the robots? Um, there were times when I had no idea when one started and another one finished yes. when they were fighting. And I know what you mean. There was a lot of that that went on. There were some of the transformations were stunning. Yeah, but they generally were the ones where you could see the the, the whole robot and it would it would jump up in the air and do a spin and turn into an aeroplane, or the aeroplane had come in or the helicopter had come in, and you could see the intricacies of that. But when the fighting started, it blurred. Yeah, I agree. I felt more when they when they were vehicles than I did when they were robots. Yeah, I did I feel agree. a little bit and I more. I loved the I loved the bit in the right at the beginning. Shia LaBeouf buys the, this car, which is yeah. which he doesn't know is a transformer, and the car cannot speak, so it has to speak to him through through, through the, radio. the radio. It was lovely, um, wasn't it? It's really nice, except for yeah. the fact that I th- couldn't help thinking to myself. Transformer, shouldn't you be more interested in the cube than in yeah. whether or not Shia LaBeouf and Megan Fox hook up, which he was very preoccupied Well, with. no, because part of the plot was the location of the cube was embedded in his great-great-grandfather's classes. For anybody who hasn't seen the film, that will sound like the most ludicrous plot point ever, won't it? It was. It went nowhere. Yeah, it, you completely. There was quite a lot of this I thought didn't go anywhere. The yeah, lack so- of female robots, I think, for me was a bit problematic the series that we were talking about before beast wars that had different different species different sexes but they would they didn't they had affections for each other still within the level of of the cartoon the anime uh, for the for the demographic it was aimed at but millennials hooked onto that as a way of seeing that you know a boy can like a boy or a girl can like a girl. It was mm. quite groundbreaking in the characters because some of the characters like RC and Razor, they were female characters and proved to be just as good as the male characters. So the gender norms appealed to queer millennials at the time. I mean, Michael they do... is, is not known for his feminist outlook, is he? <laughs> no, he's not norms. at all. What I would say, though, is that 
just to reiterate that I did actually like this film. I thought it was, yeah. I thought by and large, I thought I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the action. I mean, it was, it was, it was too much, yeah. but it was, um, it was n- not unenjoyable. No, Let's I did say. enjoy the film. I love well it. Really yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Noisy, Good. but enjoyable. Noisy film. Okay, well look, that was just a little a little bit of extra stuff because um we thought it might just make make more sense of the Tetsuchin 28 Go stuff, which was uh broadly speaking one of the worst things my eyes have ever seen. <laughs> 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 the worst things that you, Stephen Murray, have made, have made me watch. It's called research, last. dear boy. Research. <laughs> you can't. So, you can't go on with giant robots without knowing the origins. That's very true. That's very true. And it feels. I do feel it was a richer experience for that. So thank you for that. And Let's watch you, it again. Thank you, Michael Bay. <laughs> well, if you've made it through to the end, God bless you, and all who sail in you. And we will see you next time for another thrilling episode of 50 Years of Shit Robots. Until then, goodbye. Goodbye. Evil Decepticons! Autobots, transform! Transformers! Robots!